Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Welcome to Overnight America with Ryan Recker on KMOX. Sponsored by Michael's Flooring, the flooring experts, michaelsflooringoutlet.com. And welcome back to Overnight America. Third hour in. I thought we've had a good couple of hours. I want to talk schools with you in a moment. Is it time to open the schools 100%? Uh, I think it is. I think it's time to get it open. In fact, there's a lot of schools that have, and they're doing just fine. There's some schools that have done nothing, as in they still refuse to let the kids back in. So we're going to talk about that in a moment, because during the press conference today at the White House, lots of non-answers. And the whole thing is like uh, wishy-washy. No, re- It's like a bunch of talk, but no real anything behind it. That's what we're seeing in these press conferences during Joe Biden's uh, time in the White House. I'll let you listen to one and I'll give you an example of it. But before we get to the school thing, and if you want to call in now, let's say you know what you want to say on it. 314-436-7900. Today was the first day of February in one of the greatest whole nother stories by Kevin Colleen talks about February. It's about a five-year-old commentary that had a video component. You can actually go see it online if you wanted to at the KMOX YouTube page. But what I normally do is I go to YouTube and I search Kevin Colleen February. Or better yet, just go to my Facebook page. You can I put it up there and people are reacting to it. So people, some people don't like it. And I think this is easily a top three Kevin Colleen commentary. Three uh, it, it, Ryan Recker Radio on Facebook. You can see it right there. But he did a follow-up to it. And being that it is the first day of February, it seems would be fitting to air that follow-up tonight, right here on Overnight America. Well, here we go again. The month of gloom and dwindling motivation. The month of rash decisions regretted by spring. The month of itchy shins and Ash Wednesday has arrived. As we face another February, a month likely to include... More sleet as you drive to work. And more pushing cars out of the snow. And more snow shoveling. Don't have a heart attack. And more ice scraping. It's important to remember, the way we feel in February won't last forever. Our endorphins at low ebb since they started going down in November will soon be replenished. Once March 1st rolls around, we'll be able to have that old feeling again, the sunshine, the warmer weather, a few days, good days on and off. But for now, just remember, don't make any major life decisions in February. 
because the person I am this month is not really me. He should not be responsible for casting future events beyond February. Get plenty of sleep, take the dog for a walk, repair your lost hobbies, model railroading, bird watching, stamp collecting, ballroom dancing, shooting rubber bands and empty aluminum cans. This will all help. As a wise man once said, if you live through February, you'll live another year. With a whole other story, I'm Kevin Killeen. So good. So, so good. I love Kevin Killeen's commentaries, and it's so great. You know, not everything's all bad. There's so many, there are some good things that are happening tonight. And I got to say, Cardinals baseball this year is going to be so exciting with the official trade going through. Nolan Arenado uh, coming to be a St. Louis Cardinal. I see people online posting this. Uh, Just tell me the number he'll wear because I want to order a jersey right now. People are saying that online. They cannot wait. This could be a huge year for the Cardinals. Very exciting year to have the cards on KMOX. And spring training is right around the corner. So I do want to talk about schools. I want to talk about reopening schools and is it time to get them open 100%? White House was asked that question. Um, Chicago is trying to get their teachers back in. Big part of the plan when it came to COVID is, is there going to be more funding for schools and how will that be used? Uh, Before we go to break, let's get to Jeff. Welcome to Overnight America. Hey, how's it going tonight? All right. Um, My thing about the schools, it should be how the virus is doing and each area, and that's so much all the school opens everywhere. But the virus is under control, and on some areas, they should be allowed to do make the decision for that area. Yeah, I think the safety precautions, even in those areas that have had it, shows that whatever they're doing is working because you're not seeing spread of the virus in schools. It's a very low number. I mean, extremely low number. And then you guys also have to take into consideration the new variances of the of COVID. See how that's doing. Well, I feel like we're going to be like that forever. Then uh, we're constantly oh, yeah. going to be in that waiting game. Then what? What good is that? And even when, oh, think about this: we've gone through percent of a school year, maybe roughly, and yeah. we did this without having any sort of um, shots in people's arms. This is what all the health experts and politicians they keep saying: shots in arms. They use that phrase like a million times. It's like it's a coordinated effort. But the vaccine, well, think, but even before the vaccine got in, I'm saying um, even before we had that and COVID was still rampant or whatever, we're still not seeing the spread in school. So I think that even uh, if there's a variant, we'd still be able to do this safely. Yeah, I also think that the teachers unions are doing that. This is more than just about the not going. I think they got other motivations on not going back in. Yeah, I think that's the bingo in the story right there. I think they're using the virus for other motivations. Oh, you you mean you think they would play games in Chicago? No way. I think we're going to have to talk about that after the break. But, Jeff, good to hear from you. Thanks for calling in. Yeah, the teachers' unions are definitely playing games right now. It's pretty bad when you have a mayor that is out there saying you got to get back to work, and they're saying, no, I don't, Uh uh-uh. And you look at it here, too. I know there's um, groups of people and probably teachers that are hesitant or whatever it may be. But statistically speaking, if you look at how we've done so far, we've done a great job 
at controlling the spread and schools are a safe place. And even when they've gone and looked at the numbers across large studies, they realize that the younger the kid, the more likely they will be fine. No problems and won't catch the coronavirus. I think it's up to like age nine. It's a super low risk. It's when you start to get the older kids that the risk factor starts to rise. But even then, it's nowhere near that of an adult. And even then, it's nowhere near that of a spread. You know, by the way, I think you'd be really surprised to find out of the studied thousands of schools, how many of those schools actually contributed to the spread of COVID. So I'm going to give you that number right after the break. I think you won't believe it, actually. And what about this? Is it time to open the school? Chicago teachers are saying, no, uh, uh-uh. it's a big part of the stimulus talk again, how much money are schools going to get? What are they going to use it for on top of all the other billions of dollars they've already received? Is it, uh, is it too much for the teachers to keep sitting out? Is it time to get the kids back in? We'll take some of your calls coming up after the break on Overnight America KMOX. Listening to KMOX has never been easier. Siri, play KMOX. Welcome back to Overnight America. Ryan Recker Radio on Facebook. You can find it right on there. And I am looking at a lot of things tonight, one of which is this uh, question about getting the kids back into school because it really is time. It's more it's more than necessary. I know some school districts are already trying to put plans in place of how they're going to handle summer. Are they going to say, OK, we're going to offer programs for kids this summer to make up for some of the lost time? Because what we don't want to do is have them fall behind. Who was it? It was one of the women on The View. Was it Joy Behar? I, I, I saw this online and I said, man, I hope the moms just reach out and you know, reach out and give the hypothetical slap to her, not the physical. It's like in a world we live in, I have to even say that it's not meant to be a physical assault, but she went out onto social media and she said, would it really be that bad if kids had to repeat the same grade in order to catch up? I mean, would it really be that bad? I said, you gotta be kidding me. I'd love to see the mom slap you down for saying something like that. And rightfully so. No, it would be that bad, please. So, Mayor Lightfoot in Chicago and the public schools and the teachers unions and them heated discussion between the two talking about thousands of teachers that don't want to go back in, even if they get the vaccine, even if they continue with the uh, protocol, they still don't want to do it. And a lot of people are upset because parents want the kids back in school, period. I, any parent I talk to wants their kid in school, even the ones that may have opted originally and said, you know, I'd prefer for them to be virtual, realize it's not a sub, it's not the same. It's not a great substitution. And even going a few days a week helps, but it's nowhere near the same as going five days a week in person. They got to get the kids back. Some school districts here in St. Louis go five days a week. Some do four days a week. Some do a combination. Some do all virtual. It's just a wild, wild array of opinions on how to handle this sort of thing. I wanted to give you one number real quick. And I saw this from National Geographic, and I tried to find the most recent numbers or at least the most recent data that was put out. And though this is a couple of months old old from November, it's still relevant because it's the closest I can find. So major studies that tracked 4,524 people from different households found that if you're between the ages of five and nine, you are 22% less likely to be infected. That's huge. That's a huge number between the ages of five and nine. That means if you're young and you're still going to school, you got a pretty awesome, uh, you got a pretty 
good chance that you're not going to catch the virus. And there was a paper that was put out by The Lancet. It's a partial school reopening. And what they decided to look at were cases from 57,000 schools and nurseries. This is a big case study. 57,000 schools and nurseries. Now, if you want to think about that, schools, that's one thing. Nurseries seem like it would be uh, even riskier, considering that you have to have a lot of contact with kids. Schools, at least you don't have to have as much contact with kids. But they include the two of them together. Of those 57,000 schools and nurseries that were studied, there were 55 outbreaks. Wow. Isn't that amazing? Seriously. Statistically speaking, 57,000 schools and nurseries, they found 113 cases stemming from 55 outbreaks. The numbers are in the favor of putting the kids back to school. Mayor Lightfoot in the Chicago public school system, uh, not getting a lot of support in that sense. Uh, Mayor Lightfoot, we expect all of our teachers who have not received a specific accommodation to come to school tomorrow. And she continued, those who do not report to work, and I hate to even go there, but we're going to have to take action. And you know what? That's the right way to, to, to do it. You have to take action. I don't think you go all Ronald Reagan on the teachers when there was that uh, strike when it came to the air traffic controllers. I don't think you have to do that per se, but you have to set the message. We've done a lot. We've come a long way. We're getting the vaccine out. We've retrofitted the schools. We've got the studies. We can see that it's safe. We can see that you're safe. We got it all lined up. It's time for you to do it. All right. And even at the White House press briefing from today, they were asking about the Chicago teacher situation. Let me play that for you real quick, because uh, I think it'll go to show. And this is what I'm going to point out. They are so good at not answering things. It's a very specific question. Does the White House believe that teachers should be going back to school? Right. So listen to the question. Listen to the answer. On school reopening, uh, the Democratic mayor of Chicago has said that it's safe to reopen schools. They've invested $100 million uh, into safety measures. But the teachers there uh, remain on the verge of striking. Does the White House agree with the mayor that if enough funding has been put into place and safety measures have been taken, that, um, that kids should return to schools? Well, let me first say the president has been has enormous respect for Mayor Lightfoot, and he has also been a strong ally to teachers uh, his entire career. Of course, as you know, Dr. Biden, his wife is a teacher, so even in his home, uh, he trusts the mayor uh, and the unions to work this out. They're both prioritizing the right things, which is ensuring the health and safety of the kids and teachers and working to make sure that children in Chicago are getting the education they deserve. So he is hopeful. We are hopeful they can reach common ground as soon as possible. Okay, what are they hopeful for? Does he want to see the kids in? Does he not want to see the kids in? Does he want to get them in now? Does he want to wait? Does he not? You don't know because they didn't answer the question. It, to me, it's a simple question. I feel like if you would have asked the Trump administration this question, do you want to see kids back in school? He'd say, absolutely. I want to get the kids back in school. I want to get them in now. I want to get them going. We look at the numbers. We can figure this thing out. Here's the money. Get it done. Let's get them in school. That's it would have been simple. But instead, what you're seeing with the White House press briefings right now, I feel like they both want the same thing. So we don't know. And da, 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 da. The White House have a role to play here, though, with Chicago and other cities in terms of mediating the, these negotiations and getting kids back to school. We certainly remain in touch with a range of parties. But again, uh, we hope that um, they can uh, come to common ground. Uh, OK, soon. so they said, don't you feel the White House has some obligation to mediate this because if you both 
believe the kids need to go back to school. Shouldn't if you want to help them, let's do this. And she says, what? We certainly remain in touch with a range of we remain in touch. No answers. No answers. The whole time in all of these press briefings, it's so frustrating because there's no answers. And on top of that, <laughs> even when there is no answer, uh, sometimes this is what she'll say. Tell me if this is uh, a super cut and a half. Because when she's asked a tough question, some things that would not be flattering because there have been a lot of shortfalls from the Biden administration early on. Here's how she answers those questions. I can I'll circle back if there's more I can share with you. But I'll circle back with you if there's more to convey. Um, I'll have to just circle back with you. We can circle back. With, I'm happy to circle back with you. I can circle back. Uh, I will have to circle back on that one. That's an excellent question. Oh, such an important question. Uh, we will circle back with you and we'll, we'll circle back with you. It's an interesting question, but uh, we'll, we'll circle back. I'm happy to circle back, but I'll have to circle back with you on it. It's a good question, but we'll circle back with you on this today. We will certainly circle back with you more directly. Uh, I hate to disappoint you, but I will have to circle back with you on that as yeah, well. Boy. You know what that sounds like in radio? We have these verbal crutches that we rely on. Popular ones are ums um um and it's okay to say it sometimes because it's natural and i think most people do it it's not perfect it's not the greatest way to try to regather your thoughts but still it's not awesome this is <laughs> everyone has a crush a lot of radio and broadcasters when they're going unscripted and they're not an actor and they can just redo the take and they're going on live or whatever they all have these verbal crutches, and sometimes it's very difficult to break free from it, I got to say. But she's got one, and it's called going to have to circle back. It also, it's a great way to evade the question, knowing you weren't going to answer it anyway. All right, do we get the kids back in school already? Come on. Uh, White House can't answer the question. Maybe you can. 314-436-7900. If you could talk to the teachers in Chicago right now, what would you tell them to encourage them to get back to school? We could take calls on that and anything else, really. I mean, we're open for this hour. Uh, let's go to Jake, who's calling in. Welcome to Overnight America. Hi, how are you? Good. I um, think that it's time to go back to school. I think it's time to go back to class. I think we're dragging our feet. I think that talk show hosts in the United States are destroying the country by right-wing religious people that are using sex and religion to make people stirred up in their mind and cause violence. The news media, if it bleeds, it leads. They're responsible for in encouraging violence in this country, and they blame President Trump, but these talk show hosts are right-wing religious people, and they want violence. They want, they want violence. That's what they thrive on and they live on. Yeah, I, I just think you're 100% wrong. You know, and, and the weird thing about that is to, to come to that conclusion to say it's the fault of people that have an opinion. This is what I would say. So it's it's funny because I can say like, oh, wow, Jake, by you saying that and people disagreeing with it, you probably incited them to get angry. So actually, you're at fault. In fact, you're at fault. And if you don't think you're at fault, you're part of the problem. And you probably don't agree with free speech and you probably want all of us to be sent to the gulag because otherwise that's uh, we might be too dangerous in our opinions. You know, it's, it's so I think that's kind of a weak argument and that's fine. You can have the weak argument, but it's just uh, not true. Three, one, four, four, three, six, seventy nine hundred or eight hundred nine, two, five, eleven, twenty. Well, if you want to comment on what he said, is it is it uh, talk radio's fault that people have opinions? 
<laughs> that's not his argument, but I think that's uh, the only thing you can take from it that may be uh, true. But uh, I, I think that if if you're going to try to say that uh, any opinion in, in that matter, it, it, it goes back to the people that are trying to pin all of this on Josh Hawley or Ted Cruz or anything like that. It's just such a weak, flawed argument. I think, if anything, Rand Paul said it best when he stood up on the Senate floor and said, when uh, when um, uh, Nancy Pelosi or Chuck Schumer or Bernie Sanders says something, or if a Maxine Waters says, get into their face, if uh, Chuck Schumer says, we're going to come after you, if Nancy Pelosi says something, if whatever, and then someone reacts to it or is uh, using that as their motivation to convert that to physical violence is that person also responsible and should they be kicked out of congress it's kind of a, res a ridiculous uh, jump in that sense that is not fairly represented in any way between the two parties because all of those examples the ones that you can go back and listen to their speeches that got uh, you know that could look at it very much as inciting violence no republican came up and said we need to censure or we need to kick them out of congress for what they said because they understood that it's ridiculous to think that they are responsible for someone coming to a congressional baseball game, deciding to shoot someone over health care or going to the uh, Capitol and, you know, trying to break in because uh, or the Supreme Court or something along those lines because of something they said or believed. It's just kind of a ridiculous thing. And it's kind of getting tiresome at this point. And I think most people realize that that's why this whole impeachment thing is going to be a mute point. And we realize there's really no Republicans and that are going to switch over in order to uh, convict in that sense. All right, we'll take a break. We'll take some more of your calls coming up too and a look at your weather on Overnight America KMOX. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24/7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast 
T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. News Radio 1120 KMOX, the voice of the Cardinals. Welcome back to Overnight America. I'm your host, Ryan Recker. We can take some of your calls at 314-436-7900. And I pulled up the Rand Paul portion of his speech from last week. I thought maybe it's a good time to replay that just uh, for our friend in uh, Pennsylvania that called in before the break. But real quick, before we do that, let's go to Ken. Welcome to Overnight America. Yeah, Ryan, uh, I've been listening the last 15 or 20 minutes and you know, you've pretty much uh, taken the side of uh, Rand Paul, and I know you're getting ready to run uh, what he said, and, and, and also Hawley and Cruz and uh, against uh, the press conferences that, uh, uh, that from the White House. And it, it makes me wonder, what, what is the purpose of, of your show? Um, is... Um, and, and I know it's a talk show host, and I also know the main purpose is to make money like any for-profit. But uh, if you came out uh, tomorrow night and would be saying things for Nancy Pelosi in her favor, Chuck Schumer, um, would, you, would you be in trouble? Would, uh, would, would your bosses not like that? No. Um, I think You know what? Honestly, I feel like my bosses would like it if I was uh, more centrist or left-leaning, honestly, because it's so hard to find any compelling left-leaning host in America, to be honest. It, there's just very few of them. So I feel like they would, uh, they would be like, oh, great, we have one. But I think yeah. that, um, but in general, when it comes to my opinions, I'm going to look at these instances and I'm going to point out what I think is appropriate to point out. And that's the liberty that I have for this radio show. Well, it, it, it's, it's biased and, and it, it seems like, you know, which attracts cons- conservatives, but you want to get as big audience as possible, meaning, you know, that you tell both sides, but you don't, you don't do that. No, I feel like I, I, when I tell a story, I'm approaching it in the way that I've looked at it, and I'm going to be able to point out how I see it. Um, trying to go out there and be unbiased, like I'm a journalist, is not the poor. It's not me, right? I'm a commentator. I, I give opinion. That's what the purpose of the show is. I give the opportunity for people to call in, question what I say, what I do. And if we really want to, I'm talking about these ideas, these things that have been raised. If I were to go back and say to you, you've listened to the last 15 minutes. Can you definitively tell me what the white house is going to do to open up schools in Chicago? Would you have an answer for that? No, I, I really wouldn't, but I, my question would be the, the, the point well, is we're talking about reopening schools and the question comes up to the white house. What are you doing to help get these schools open in Chicago? And they gave answers, but no answers. That's the point. So, uh, and, and that's the thing, and that's listened, the conclusion I've I'm coming to, to. I've listened to her a couple of times, this uh, press secretary, and I, yeah. I think you're right. I, I don't think she gives good answers, but
But my question would be, is it better to have her and at least give sort of a not very good answer or to go two months and not have a press conference? Hmm. Um, I don't know. You know, that's an interesting point. Uh, they did go a long time without it. I don't know. That's, you know, I, you could take that. You can say that it's better than nothing, I guess, if that's why you want to categorize the White House press briefings better than nothing. <laughs> that might be the nice thing to say. <laughs> and that, and that, that's that's really a good point. Uh, anyway, you've, uh, 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 I, you know, I think you're biased. And I, I, I told you all a couple of weeks ago, I think you do the best you can with your bias. I, I really do. <laughs> no, I yeah, I do have a, an opinion. I definitely am biased because I give opinions and that's what opinion people do. I'm not claiming to be a journalist. I'm not claiming to be a newsmaker or, you know, or a news. Uh, I should say a news reader or anything like that. And, um, you know, if, if I were to just come out here and package this like NPR, it would be boring. So uh, hopefully the point is that it's not boring. One other thing, I'll let you go. Uh, you know, Tim Russert, uh, he was not, he, you know, he was not a journalist. He was, I'd say, you know, one to give his opinion. And, and just, it, it just seemed like he knew how to do it and not appear to be biased one way or the other. And well, he um, was TV, though, right? I mean, I don't think he did a radio show. TV. Unless I, a, I don't know what difference yeah. that would make, but it was TV. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, TV's different in that sense. I think talk radio as a format is much different than an hour television, like a, a news journal type of uh, thing where he can come and question and talk to people and interview them and things like that. It's 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 a different format that doesn't really open itself up for commentary that way. Well, anyway, uh, good talking with you, and uh, we'll uh, say goodnight to you. Yep, we'll see you, Ken. See, and the interesting thing is, I think that there are a lot of people listening to this show that are like Ken, where they don't agree with me, and maybe they wish that uh, they were listening to someone that just sang to their choir, and I guess I'm not like that, but the purpose, if you're talking about the show, is to be entertaining, informative, and make you think, give you an opportunity to call in and disagree or agree. You have all of these freedoms and these opportunities to do these things. And I got to tell you, honestly, I look at the landscape of talk radio. I can't think of any successful, openly liberal talk show hosts because no one listens to them. No, I mean, it's it's terrible. You can go back to satellite radio when they had Air America and it was a network that couldn't generate any revenue. You had people just throwing tons of money into it and it was just burning as fast as they were throwing it into it and you even had high profile names like al franken and janine garofalo and mark Marin, and it was all terrible i mean you would listen to it and you'd say oh this is just no good there was no audience there there was just no sponsorship opportunities and the thing is every once in a while people try to pull that out probably the most successful is a youtube channel by the name the young turks I don't think they're on radio. I don't think they're on TV, but they do like a streaming video that's more or less commentary. They're probably the most popular and you probably have never heard of them. <laughs> they're just not successful. And it has, you know, it, I don't know if it has anything to do with the, um, the, the, the talent. I don't know if it has anything to do with the topic matter. I think if you want liberal talk, you listen to and watch MSNBC. 
and that's where you get your audience. They decide to gravitate towards the Rachel Maddows of the world and the uh, other ones that are on there, O'Donnell's and whoever. But that's where they decide to to go into. If you want something real, I mean, if you want something that is not put together by uh, you know eighty producers and specifically skewed and trying to you know it's there's a way that they handle it that's that's your way if that's the way you're watching msnbc if you want something more genuine you listen to a show like this and more modest you listen to a show like this the most modest show in all the history of uh talk radio three one three one four four three six seventy nine hundred oh, uh boy. should i play yeah i know <laughs> should i play Rand paul here i'm gonna do it because i think it fits perfect to the person that called in before and you know so i think ken may have uh, mentioned the caller before that that's someone that's called in before they do it under a different name he knows he's not allowed to call in if i remember correctly and i may be mis uh, remembering this i think he called in and used a racial slur once and we had to tell him you can't call in anymore so he, sometimes he tries to sneak in and that was him so that's why we cut his call off it wasn't trying to be disrespectful. I knew who was uh, who we're dealing with there. So if that's what you're alluding to, Ken, when you called in about uh, you know the audience and things like that, it was because that one specific person. So and I wanted to play Rand Paul as a counteract to what he was bringing up there. And I think Rand Paul is exactly right in the way that we're treating this impeachment. If you're going to try to pin this on talk show hosts or things like that, um, you're you're wrong. You're pinning it in the wrong place. This sham of an impeachment will ostensibly ask whether the president incited the reprehensible behavior and violence of January 6th when he said, I know everyone here will soon march to the Capitol to peacefully and patriotically make your voices heard. Peacefully and patriotically, hardly words of violence. But what of Democrat words? What of Democrat incitement to violence? No Democrat will honestly ask whether Bernie Sanders incited the shooter that nearly killed Steve Scalise and volunteer coach. The shooter nearly pulled off a massacre. I was there because he fervently believed the false and inflammatory rhetoric spewed by Bernie and other Democrats, such as the Republican health care plan for the uninsured is that you die. As this avowed Bernie Supporters shot Steve Scalise, nearly killing him, and shot one of our coaches and two or three of our staff. He screamed, this is for health care. Ask me or anyone if that's incitement. No Democrat will ask whether Cory Booker incited violence when he called for his supporters to get, get up in their face of Congress people, a very visual and specific incitement. No Democrat will ask whether Maxine Waters incited violence when she literally told her supporters, and I quote, that if you see a member of the Trump administration at a restaurant, at an apartment store, at a gas station, or any place, you create a crowd and you push back on them. Is that not incitement? My wife and I were pushed and surrounded and screamed at by this same type of mob that Maxine likes to inspire. It's terrifying to have a swarm of people threatening to kill you, cursing at you and literally holding you hostage until police come to your rescue. That night we were assaulted by the crowd. I wasn't sure if we'd survive even with the police protection. But no Democrat has ever considered impeaching Maxine for her violent rhetoric. In fact, Republicans, 
to our credit, have never once thought it legitimate to formally censor or impeach these Democrats. No Republican has sought to use the government to hold these Democrats responsible for Antifa and Black Lives Matter violence that has consumed our cities all summer, resulting in over a billion dollars of destruction, looting, and property damage. Not one Republican said, oh, let's impeach the Democrats who are inciting this because it would be ridiculous. Many on the Democrat side of the aisle cheered them on. Kamala Harris famously offered to pay the bill for those who were arrested. I wonder if she'll be brought up on charges of inciting violence for that now that she's vice president. Should Kamala Harris be impeached for offering to pay for violent people to get out of jail who've been burning our cities down? No, and no Republican has offered that because we're not going down the road that Democrats have decided, this low road of impeaching people for political speech. Should Republicans impeach the Democrat mayor of Seattle, who incited and condoned violence by calling the armed takeover of part of her city a summer of love? Any Republicans try to impeach her? No, and that was a long speech, sure, but I wanted to replay because I thought it was relevant at this time and it's funny i got a message in on facebook you can uh, message me on there follow me on there ryan Recker radio he said um let's see uh, he said i just wanted to tell you you are not biased you are honest yes <laughs> thank you wayne i appreciate that no thank you for the message we're going to take a break we'll be right back it's overnight america kmox this is Overnight America, sponsored by Michael's Flooring, the flooring experts. Michael'sFlooringOutlet.com on KMOX. Welcome back to Overnight America. Now, I'm looking at a couple of text messages, and they go both ways. Uh, Mary Lynn says, you do a good job. Ryan, that's nice. Thank you for that. Uh, there's a message that came in from our friend Doug for producer Mike, which is nice. It seems like we're getting all kinds of messages in tonight through the text messaging. One person uh, messaging Sular Ron, boring is better than lies and conspiracy theories you've pushed. And I remember very clearly, I believe it was Sular Ron who said, I'll never listen to you ever again. What's <laughs> That seems to be a lie in itself. Thank you for continuing to listen. You're li you're allowed to listen anytime, but apparently it's not uh, boring enough for you to stop listening. So that's good. And I'm glad that you lied when you said you weren't going to listen again. So thank you for that. 314-436-7900 or 800-925-1120. Man, this whole trade from the Cardinals, it's getting so many people excited and rightfully so. When the Cardinals now make it official, uh, we knew that the trade happened, but Major League Baseball still had to make it work. And then there it is. You can start to see the details for it. The Cardinals have finally completed a six-player trade with the Rockies to acquire five-time All-Star third baseman Nolan Arenado and also some cash considerations on top of that. He'll remain uh, player options for 22 and 23 seasons and agreed to a one-year contract extension for 27 that would extend his contract to seven years in length. Isn't that something? And that he's such a, a good player. How excited are you for Cardinals baseball to start up this year? I think a lot of people are last year. I think we were waiting and waiting. And then it was weird because everyone said, oh, man, I can't wait for Cardinals baseball. And then it got here. And then people were like, you know, it's it, it's one of those things where I, I wanted it. And then when it got here, I didn't find myself 
consuming it as much as I did in the past because you had to change the way you consumed it. You know, you couldn't go to the games and that changed a lot of people's uh, mindsets. But here we are, we're, we're kind of getting used to the idea. And when you put a good team out on the field, like the Cardinals are putting together and adding players like Arenado, man, so exciting. It's going to be a great year to have them on KMOX, a very exciting year. I think a lot of people are looking at them and uh, can't wait for Yachty next to make it official and bring him back. Oh, so good. I saw this one story at KMOX.com. You can get this one there, too. Uh, murdered Metrolink security guard was not allowed to carry a gun. Suspect arrested. Isn't that sad? Uh, so the security guard over the weekend, 30-year-old James Cook uh, is the victim. He lived in Sullivan, Missouri. He was a father, two young children, former Marine. Devastating, to say the very least. And it makes you wonder, too, legally, due to a federal compact, I cannot have any employees under bi-state who have deadly weapons. So the suspect comes up and shoots the guy in the head, kills him. And they put a surveillance photo out of the suspect. They were able to catch him. Luckily, there's a mugshot you can find online. It is just absolutely terrible. A GoFundMe page was put together for the family. And so far, they have raised uh, about $80,000 for the family. That's, that's well needed. And it makes you wonder, uh, those policies not being able to protect yourself, what good is it? And what message does that say to all the other bi-state employees? I mean... Seriously, it, it, we've had people call in and say what it's like to ride on Metro and you see drug deals, you see violence, you see you name it, you see it. And what's going to happen? What you got a you think a security guard after stories like this saying, OK, we don't got your back. You can't protect yourself while you're there. What, what good is it? You think they're going to step in and risk their own life to try to help someone that's riding Metro? Yeah, right. That's scary. This is terrible. This needs to be addressed. This needs to be fixed. It's a, it's a wild, wild west. You won't find me riding Metro, period. Uh, it just won't happen. just won't happen. <sighs> you know, it's funny because whenever you go online, there's these different groups of people that will do everything they can to defend St. Louis. And they'll say, oh, no, it's not that. We used to ride in the Metro to the Cardinals games, and it's packed with fans, so it was fine because there's everyone else around it. You're Okay, you can say that you might feel more comfortable with a bunch of people wearing Cardinals jerseys because you're going to and fro the game, and you just want to save money on parking. You don't want to pay the 20 bucks or whatever to pay uh, park downtown. And you don't mind the inconvenience of traveling, but what about any other time? How many times have you seen people jump the fences, uh, get hurt, get beat up, get shot, homeless that are down there that have been uh, abused. How many times have you seen all of these things? None. And, uh, none have you seen that they've, they didn't up security. You didn't see them putting more people on. You remember that Elliot Davis uh, did a, a study well, not a study, but he did a story on it for you paid for it. He wrote, I think from the Metro East and basically started as far East as he could go. And then he went as far West as he could go. And he said, he saw no security people through 70% of the trip. And we continue to see people complain about getting assaulted, getting robbed, um, and seeing all of these illegal activities happening on them. And still, we're still having problems with it. And they want to expand it. <laughs> Why? Oh, man. We got issues, right? No big difference in any story that we may have covered from four years ago to where we are today. It's still the same issues. And to think some people wanted them to take over the trolley. <laughs> uh, 
All right. So uh, if you want to get in, you can. 314-436-7900. One person texted in, you have a huge audience, contrary to previous caller Ken's point of view. For example, I'm listening to you in faraway mountains of Wyoming. You are a great radio host, much kinder than I would be to your liberal callers. Isn't that fun? I'm going to say this again. I remember when uh, Bobo Mike would call and he said, you are the most fair talk show host ever. Now that's a ringing endorsement. I wonder what happened. I haven't heard from him in a month. I hope he's okay. Uh, But uh, yeah, I know. Where is that voice anywhere? So when we come back, I wanted to just touch on a few other things, which we do at the start of the hour. You're a (laughs) Taiwan. Let's just play drops for the rest of the next hour. How does that sound? We'll uh, be right back. It's Overnight America, KMOX. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, oh, oh. 